Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Total Education Show, the talk shop for teachers, parents, and administrators. Here's your host of the show, Neil Haley, the Total Tutor. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Total Education Q&A. Live, 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 live. I always like this to say live, 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 live as I just get an update that I guess we're on Periscope as well, but we'll talk all about those things. you got to go to my website, TotalTutor.net, for more information. Twitter, TotalTutor, Neil S. Haley, Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, TotalTutor, Pinterest, Neil Haley, and Google Plus, Neil Haley. And it's been, it's been a wild and crazy day. And those, norm, those things normally happen at certain times, uh, and it's, it is fun. And I really got a lot of feedback from last night's whole camera thing with teachers. I'm still live tweeting that right now. So for our listeners and I, I guess our viewers and uh, I guess our Twitter people, we're live tweeting right now, live periscoping right now, and live radio right now. We're, everything's live, so I want to welcome the program. Award-winning author, Dee Dee Ritman. Dee Dee, how are you? And this is funny. I am great, Neil, and I feel like, oh my gosh, I have so many things going on. Twitter, the questions, the, the, the Periscope. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining. So, And I saw that I just got an invite. I said, I can't have the invite. I can't come to Periscope because you can't talk in Periscope at the same time. I don't know why. Who knows? Even if you're on the Wi-Fi, you can't do that. All right, so let's kind of... Uh, uh, go get started uh, with the Periscope. Remember, Periscope people have questions regarding parenting or education. Feel free to chime in. I hope my good friend Pete from uh, Lead U- the UK uh, might chime in. I told him that he were doing a live Periscope. All right, so let's go ahead and go to our first question. As I'm okay. going to tweet out, I guess I'll have to tweet out after I hear you talk for a while that we're li- right. live with tweeting as well. Go ahead. Can you hear me okay? You're perfect. Oh, great. Um, everyone on Periscope, please tweet us questions to at Total Tutor or at D.D. Ritman. Or they can, are, are all in Periscope, they just put the message up. That's all. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. You can just message me. That's yeah, right. Exactly. So good. Okay, we're with the Total, Total Tutor Q&A. Here's the first one from a parent. My son is entering eighth grade next school year. He hangs out with boys who are not good students, although they are in his same academic track. How can I make sure that he is not in the same classes as these three boys? They are poisonous together. Ah, uh, that's a, that's a, that's an interesting question. Is I'll, I'll go ahead and answer that first, and then let Dee Dee jump into this, because you're in a situation uh, that uh, you know that your son is going to make bad decisions when you're with these kids, and probably all the other kids would parents would say the same thing about that kid. So, as an administrator, you first of all need to identify that beforehand. If you're not able to identify that this is a bad group to be together, then you need to go to the principal and, and, and tell the principal your concerns. Tell the assistant principal your concerns. Even tell specifically the teacher that had them last year so that they could be a part of this meeting. Once they all collaborate together and get together, you're more likely to have a situation that there's going to be a resolution that 
your son's not going to be in that same class, my hope is. But if it do, if that's not the case, I guess it's too late. Your thought, Didi? I had to be a little surprised when I read this because if these boys have been together and been in trouble in the past and they're in eighth grade, why doesn't someone know this already and why haven't they already been broken up? I mean, obviously, and you can have an absolute poisonous group Neil, you know in the 11 years you taught, and certainly in the 37 years that I taught, that sometimes it's the mix of the, of the kids in the classroom that just makes it absolutely unbearable. So the mom is doing the right thing by saying, what should I do? And she absolutely should go to administration to um, work on this problem. She's got to keep him away from those kids. Together, they're all going to be making bad decisions. Uh, they're definitely going to be making the bad decisions and it's going to cause problems in the classroom. As that's the point I made before, that if you had cameras in the classroom, as I'm already going to get on this uh, tirade again tonight on the program, if you had cameras in the classroom, those kids wouldn't be able to act up. And this is amazing what I've gotten the feedback all day from Ed Chat last night uh, regarding that. So uh, my, in my, my opinion, Didi, I mean, you got to go through those measures. So that was a really easy slam dunk first question. And if I will let you know if Twitter's responding through tweets, but that one I didn't see as one that really could be a call to action tweet. But if uh, Periscope has a question for us, let us know, okay? Okay, and nobody so far. But let's go to that cameras in the classroom because, as you know, uh, I actually submitted an article that we wrote together today about cameras in the classroom to the Huffington Post. So if the Huffington Post is out there, just know that you have an article from us. And uh, when I tweeted out a couple of things about the articles about uh, Texas, the new ruling that just came out that special education classrooms, certain ones, must have cameras, although, Neil, they do not stay where they are getting money. Um, uh, Teachers did not like the tweet. They said, "I'm glad I don't teach in Texas." Right, and, and it's not amazing, and 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 I I I just don't understand that. If you're an effective teacher, why would you be concerned if there's cameras in the classroom? I, I'm unclear on that. Although I guess they feel like they want complete autonomy in their classroom, I, I'm just not sure about that. Yeah, and and and, and as I and I'm, as I'm going and tweeting this out right now uh, with the link to the show. I, I, I just I don't I don't understand this. I, I think that this is uh, something that is uh, you know uh, could be a problem, Didi. But I think that we have to we have to look at what's the best safeness for everything for sure. And 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 we'll see what the chime in is this because I I, I have gone through this ad nauseum. Let's go back to other questions, but we maybe later right. could touch about and maybe unless our studio audience on Periscope has a question or do they what do they think of uh, uh, again the uh, classroom situation? But I don't think you've heard any responses, so let's go to the next question. Oh, I have not, ladies and gentlemen, watching on Periscope. Any comments or questions about cameras in classrooms? All right, next question. And, Neil, you'll be better at this one than I am because I did not teach elementary school. My child is beginning first grade next fall. I feel like I should know something about the curriculum, but I don't even know what to ask. Is there something I can do at home right now to prepare for first grade? How much homework should I expect as a general rule? Neil, I know you have five children. It's actually to you. How much? How much homework should you expect? Really, this is the biggest problem we're seeing: is elementary schools and the amount of homework kids are getting. 
how much is too much? And that's going to be definitely when I get a response from Didi in this whole process. But it really it starts out at certain grade levels that it should be like 20 minutes, then 30 minutes, then 40 minutes. We're talking seventh or eighth grade. Before that, it should have been 10 minutes, 20 minutes. So your school district should have outlined what the uh, expected homework time is. But, Didi, what I'm concerned about is now with Common Core, an increased amount of homework is coming about, especially at an early age for kids. And I think that's a problem. You know, Neil, I just read an article about this same thing, and uh, it said parents are unaware of what they should even ask about for curriculum. And it seems like districts are almost hiding it. You just start hiding behind common core. So I agree with you. I think first grade, I think 10 minutes is plenty of homework. I, I don't think it should be anything more. Right. I think it definitely uh, is in 10 minutes and then go to 20, then go to 30 by fourth or fifth grade, and then increase it a little bit more. But you, you got to think they got other things to do. This is early. But increasing the amount of homework because teachers aren't able to cover the curriculum or the standards expected. I think, Didi, the big thing when Common Core came out that everything is a grade above what the kids know before, I don't know if that's the smartest idea because you have such different kids in the classroom. I agree with you 100% on that one, Neil. I mean, we all know what we think students should know from the year before, but it's not necessarily the truth. And then when you consider summer slide, again, they know even less. You cannot just pick up where you ended the year before. There's no question about that. I mean, 37 years of teaching English taught me that. Definitely, and then we're tweeting, and then we're going out and getting out, out there about first grade and how much homework should be out there. But, I mean, these kids are at tears, and they're tired, and, and, and a lot of times parents, if they have an after, they go to an after-school program, they finally get picked up at 7, have dinner, do their activities a lot of times. It's 8 or 9 o'clock, and these kids are up I, in third, fourth grade. I just think it's ridiculous. Then they're not getting the proper amount of sleep. Then they, then, and it's difficult for them to go out the next day and go to school and, and perform well. So homework is a big thing. How much do you think, do you think in the elementary schools it should be limited, Didi? You think so? I think by sixth grade, 30 minutes is more than enough. And we did just get a question from, on, on uh, Periscope from Flapjack Young. He says, I was a high school dropout, if that is discussion topic. No, it is not, but if you would care to comment on why you dropped out of high school, was it too much homework? Was that part of the problem? Yeah, and that's interesting, uh, What where he was a dropout, and we always get, you have to understand in the way you run Periscope is you get a comment, you're like, okay, <laughs> we'll see where it goes for sure in our live, 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 live format. But let's go yeah. to our next question, and we'll see if he uh, comments, and that's what uh, you got to just jump uh, into, and if not, go ahead. Two, he just answered, bullying and social anxiety was the cause for him to drop out. Oh. And uh, Mr. Flapjack, thank you, because bullying is one of Neil's favorite topics. In fact, today we actually talked about teacher bullying as well. And I'm not sure if you had that experience, but I know that many students that I know and actually someone in Neil's family had a teacher bullying experience. That's why, so that's why hashtag GoPro cameras for teachers so that guess what? This won't happen to you like the, the story, what this man said on the show. All right, let's go to our next question. And hey, feel he free. Yes. 
Oh, yeah. He said, I had plenty of teacher bullying experiences. Where is he and from? What area is he from? Where Where are you located? Where are you located? So is and he is chatting? He just, he's chatting. He's coming back up, yes. All right, just tell we me. We are in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He's in Pittsburgh. No, we. I, I told him we are. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Said, I'm in Erie, PA. Okay, maybe you're in Mill Creek or maybe you're in Strong Vincent. I actually went to school at Edinburgh, and uh, I'm not sure. He's in Erie, so... Victim of teacher bullying and social anxiety from that bullying causes a dropout. He went to Girard High School, which is right outside. Tell him, tell him to give us some hearts. Give us some hearts for Didi. Oh, then Didi's just going to just blow me away and hearts on uh, Periscope. If you like this, because we care about your feelings, and we hope you're going to do your GED. <laughs> All right, so so let's go go ahead. Let's go ahead now, Didi, and, and hit the next question. Okay, we just got about a gazillion hearts. Okay, great. All right. Neil, why don't teachers just teach overall strategies for standardized tests? Why do I, as a parent, have to spend so much money on extra tutoring? See, that's interesting uh, that you said teachers teach standardized tests because that was a topic on the Toll Education Hour a couple weeks ago. And people, I'm hoping at one point, well, my wife already told me I can't use my iPad and, and, live, and, and live Periscope. So we'll never get to that stuff except for my celebrity interviews like Jimmy Osmond today. But I was, I'm name dropping right now. But when we talk about uh, specifically why teachers don't teach to standardized testing, I think it's because a lot of teachers didn't do well in standardized testing. And I think that they're afraid of standardized testing. And it's because... Because it's something that they can't be in control and grade themselves. So when they're teaching to a test, they're teaching just a specific test that the that's an expectation in the school districts. Uh, but when you're talking about the SAT, the ACT, and all these higher level exams, they, they're not they're not they're not teaching to the test, and they're not teaching kids strategies to do what better at it. And I don't know if it's because they don't know them. So we get back, we're going to continue our conversation. Uh, you could tweet me at Total Tutor and all the different places. You're again, if you are on Periscope Live now, your live uh, conversation with us, uh, Didi Ritman and myself, and also live on at TotalTutor.net. You're listening to Total Education QA, and we'll be back in just a moment. We're back to Total Education QA. This is Neil Haley with Didi Ritman. Neil Haley, Total Tutor. Go to TotalTutor.net for more information. Twitter, Total Tutor. Neil S. Haley, Facebook. LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, Total Tutor. Pinterest, Neil Haley, and Google Plus, Neil Haley. And uh, also, Periscope at Total Tutor. I have to get used to that as I add another social media cred. And that's all. Thanks to Oscar, we found out that this is a pretty cool platform. And that was a great comment by one of the, the, the peanut gallery. But really, Twitter's not hammering out yet, and I'm surprised. And uh, I, I th- th- none of the topics are really uh, catching them yet, but trust me, I have a feeling at one point in time. But I will tweet that out. But, Didi, do you agree with me It's that that's the reason that they're not teaching the standardized testing, in your opinion? I think that teachers are afraid of anything that they cannot personally control, and standardized tests would be one of those things. You know, Neil, I am from the Stone Age. I mean, I was teaching before you were even born, well, just about. And um, I can remember when I had to teach um, analogies. We, we actually incorporated standardized tests into the curriculum. And even though I could solve analogies, I wasn't good at teaching them. So I actually went and observed other teachers and said, Give me some strategies so that I can teach these. And I ended up loving teaching that. But it, it was very scary for me because, you know, as a teacher, when you have to teach something that you're not 
really sure about. It's a little difficult. But it was fun. It seems like it would have been a fun thing, Didi. Uh, oh, yes. I love, I love analogies. I love words. I'm an etymologist. Okay, and, and that, that's something you could define that for our Periscope audience. Yes, I love words. She loves words. And that's and unlike an entomologist, I do not love bugs. Okay, all right. Well, that's good to know. And so, I mean, like I said, the situation, they are afraid in certain aspects about standardized testing because maybe they weren't great at standardized testing and they've never been taught those specific tools. DD went and learned those tools, but a lot of them are like, hey, my importance, all that matters to me is that one test. The other test, eh, no big deal. Let's go to the next question. Okay. How many activities is too many activities for elementary age children? Love I feel it. Like, yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, let me finish the question. I feel like my seven and nine year old run from activity to activity with no downtime and no outside time to be creative, which my wife and I enjoy as much as children. My wife says this is what all the kids do, but I don't think such activity year round is healthy. Please comment. See how many activities. Here's my thing, and, and I'm definitely going to definitely tweet this out uh, to parents uh, for sure, and especially hashtag parenting and hashtag Ed Chat. I think the amount of activities elementary kids should, school kids should have is at least just two days a week per season. More than two days a week really does not allow that opportunity for family time. They're overscheduled in so many ways, and the parents aren't raising their kids. It's the coaches. It's the uh, trainers. It's, it's the instructors. The parents are really not raising their kids. Your thought, Didi? I agree. Um, I do know children in my former district who actually were exhausted from the activities the parents had. There were so many. They would actually go from school to soccer practice to piano lessons to gymnastics. I mean, there might be three or four activities per evening, and in no way was that a good thing. I mean, the kids did not have time to do homework. Kids did not have time to have dinner with the parents. And I think that you tend to burn kids out with activities at that point. You know, Neil, I, I even can speak about... Um, a young man I knew who just absolutely loved hockey. I mean, hockey was his life. And his dad spent a fortune for two years, every weekend, taking that kid around to hockey tournaments. And, and before he was even in 11th grade, he said, I don't want to play hockey anymore. <laughs> because I mean, he, and the dad had thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, and we did get a tweet uh, out from uh, at Teach. 361, shouldn't, be, shouldn't we be more afraid of not teaching students? And this is what Teach 361 responded to based on standardized testing. So uh, what's your response to Teach 361, Didi? Wait, read that to me one more time? They said, I, I wonder, shouldn't we be more afraid of not teaching students? This is what Teach 361 said. Oh, yes, we should be more afraid. But for some reason, some teachers are afraid to, uh, like I said, to take on anything that they do not have the complete autonomy over. Yeah, d definitely. Uh, and, 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 but I just think it, you're right. It just takes that, that autonomy and, and to develop that for sure. But activity-wise, I agree with you. And, and you're, when you're overscheduled 
And 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 and, and again, our Periscope people, let me know if they do chime in. If you're overscheduled and you don't have time for family time, you're going to lose the opportunity of values. And as you said, that hockey student got burned out, was done in, in so many ways. So I'm not surprised. You know, Neil, I'm going to take this one step further and say, but when I was younger and when you were younger, we played outside all the time, and there was not this problem with obesity. Am, am I right? I mean, none of my friends were overweight. Yes, that's true. Yeah, we were all out running all the time, and now everybody seems to stay in and play video they games. They are at computers, they are playing with their iPad, they're playing with their Wii's, they're playing with their games, they're playing all that stuff, and they're not getting the exercise they need, nor are they getting the uh, social skills and the social interactions that they need. I mean, let's face it, a virtual interaction with someone, even though I'm on Periscope right now, is not the same as having a true reaction with your friends when you're riding bicycles together. Uh, I mean, it's so true, and and they're they're not going outside, and they're not playing, and it's just they 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 find other things to do. Absolutely, uh, as we're getting some uh, people just to the favorite, we just got someone to favorite uh, the last tweet, so we'll find out if they go any further with the parenting one. As I started the camera thing again, all right. So let's go to our next question. As you see, we'll keep rolling through, and uh, and we're getting the audience coming through. Didi, it looks like for uh, uh, we're yeah. Periscope, we keep. The audience going? Good. Just joined, and a couple other people just joined. So, hi, everyone. All right, so give me some hearts. Let's get some hearts out there. Let's That's get what, some hearts. Let's yeah, see, what let's am I doing? So, Dee Dee goes way ahead of me after I gave her all these hearts uh, at the uh, Stones concert. But go ahead. Let's go to the next one. Okay. How many... Oh, sorry. Is it ever okay to ask a principal to change your child's teacher? Would that be the final option? What steps should be taken before that option? My second child has a good shot at being scheduled in a class with a teacher that absolutely ruined the self-esteem of my first child. When should I act? You should act as quickly as possible, and you should ask for that child to be changed. You can go Lucas, through... Nick Crosby, okay. Oh, we were talking about hockey. Of course, he is the exception to the rule. Go ahead. Oh, he said Sidney Crosby. All right, shout out. Okay, interesting. Okay, that that's another probably Pittsburgher. They're all getting the uh, uh, the the whole thing. But no, no, no. What I was saying, Didi, is basically when you talk about uh, that. I've we're rolling now. I got people rolling on Twitter, but I knew that would happen. And now we'll all lose train of thoughts as we get uh, back and forth with different comments and situations. Uh, but when we're talking about specifically changing. Uh, a classroom and or a teacher, you have to act as quickly as possible. You get all the uh, investigation. We are dealing with this with some families right now with an incompetent teacher. There is no way of changing that. But if the principal's not willing to act, it really scares me. If that principal's not willing to act and, and, and protects that teacher, so you go and you try to do things, and, the t- and if the pr- principal doesn't do anything about it, you demand that your child be ch- have their class changed. And nine times out of ten, they're going to do it. Or you threaten and go to the school board, or you threaten to go to the media. <laughs> it's that simple. School board, then media. And guess what? You're going to get what you want. And I hope that my uh, audience slides, live studio audience applauds me on that one. Your thought, Didi. Luke just told me to smile more. Okay, I was being serious. Um, oh, well, see, come on now. See, I like this, these comments. I know, this, I this, like this, this, Luke, this. give me a few hearts, please. I'm throwing him a kiss. No, right. so, so you think, keep getting more and more views oh, on, 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 on Periscope. Go ahead, continue, Dee Dee. Yeah. Um, I think that if I had a child who had a terrible teacher 
I would absolutely, without even thinking about it twice, make sure that that, that child um, did not, and my second child did not have that teacher. And I would actually say why. And to be honest with you, that would not be my final option. That would be my first option. I mean, especially if I had already had words with the principal before about the way the teacher was with my first child. I mean, let's face it, we've got to do better than that. So I would go right in, and I wouldn't even consider it. I'd probably actually go into school before uh, the scheduling is even done and say, I'm going to make a demand that my child not have the same teacher that my other son had. So that's you do that? yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, for sure. I mean, it's uh, uh, I think that's that's the best thing to do. Is you have to demand that. You have to. I said as a question I'm putting out to my Twitter followers, and this also could question go out to Periscope as well. Should we ask the principal to remove a student from a teacher's classroom if uh, that teacher is not providing uh, is not providing uh, the the best education for that child? You know. Is not that teacher's not performing to the ability that she he or she should have? That's the big thing, Didi. Well, Luke just asked me how old I was. I'm 62. In case you were thinking about asking me for a date, I'm too, probably too old. Uh, and now you watch out, Luke. If he, if he starts spamming too much, we're going to say goodbye, Luke. You got to have ask questions based on Q and A, buddy, okay. or we're going to block you. Go ahead, Luke. You have to ask questions based on Q and A. All right. Do you need to take your break yet, or shall I read another question? I know when to take a break, Didi. Let's go to that. No, let's. I'm just wanting more feedback on this with the whole principal thing. So, oh, yeah. did, 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 how many times have you seen that the principal will will remove that student from that class and move it to another teacher's classroom? You know, there has to be a really, really big conflict. There had to be rather in my former school district for as for a student to actually be removed from um, the classroom. I mean, there had to be something so big going on. And there would be other interventions. There would be meetings with the counselor. There would be meetings with the parents. There would be meeting with the teacher. So that all happened way before the, the child was moved. I mean, it had to be something pretty major. Because let's face it, Neil, I mean, for some kids, they just want to get the easiest teacher and so on. You know, so that's sort of the way it is. Yeah, and that, that's more of a high school thing. But what about an elementary school thing? You know what I mean? Elementary school, um, from the principals I knew that were in elementary schools, as soon as it was asked, it was usually granted because uh, they did not want to make waves. They didn't want the parents to be complaining. They didn't want the parents to go to the school board and so on. All right, let's jump to our next question. All right. I'm thinking ahead to resumes for college for my 10th grader. Meanwhile, why is the parent thinking about this instead of the kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of activities are recommended, and what about written recommendations? Hmm. I mean, so, I mean, you need these written recommendations huge for that college uh, resume. And if you're not getting uh, teacher recommendations and counselor recommendations, that student's going to have a difficult time of, uh, of getting into the school that they want to get into. So it's huge about the student to do it all on their own, develop that resume, uh, and go to those teachers for recommendations. It shouldn't be the parent's job to be the helicopter. Your thought. What do you think, Didi? What's your thought, Didi? 
Did I lose Didi live in the show? Oh, my. Who would have thunk this? But I think I've lost her. And we'll have to check and see as we are getting another tweet. And this is going to be the craziest thing. That we're live and I'll have to stop the recording to call her back and get back on Blog Talk Radio. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened? She is gone, it sounds like. It doesn't sound like it. But I think we would have heard her drop. But I think her phone is gone. So we'll have to take a quick break. And for our audience on Blog Talk Radio, we will stay on the line, I think. You're listening to Total Education Q&A. And we'll be back in just a moment. And I bring the recording back that we're back on. As you're listening to Total Education Q&A, go to TotalTutor.net for more information. Twitter's Total Tutor. Neil S. Haley, Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, Total Tutor, Pinterest, Neil Haley, Google Plus, Neil Haley, and Periscope. And I literally lost you in, in outer space, and it could have been your landline, Didi, but I'm glad you're back on the line now as we continue for uh, segment three. Let's go to our next question. Yes, let's go to our next question, Didi. Okay, let's hear our next question. Okay, we didn't finish this one because we got cut off. Okay, so what... what Thinking ahead to resumes for college. What kind of activities are recommended and what about re- written recommendations? And why don't I take this since I wrote so many recommendations? Sure, sure, you- sure, absolutely. I will tell you, Neil, that during my career as in 37 years, I probably wrote more than 20 recommendations for college every single year. And depending on what kind of college the kids want to go to, um, that, that sort of dictates the activities. I had many students who went to Harvard. And Harvard wants, uh, not to be sexist, but they want the whole man. They want somebody that's good in the arts. They want somebody that's got academics. They want somebody that's cultured. They, they want the whole package deal. And I had some great kids who actually were numbers one and two in the class, and they both went to Harvard. So when you, when you get to things like state schools, though, it's not quite as demanding. But, but I'd say that most school districts, I mean, that most colleges do want kids who are well-rounded, they like it when they play a sport because it shows that they are team players. Uh, they've learned some important values about playing and about time management skills. They want kids that have good grades, who show responsibility. And I, I don't have to say, like, not necessarily straight A's, but they want to know that the kids really have tried. Uh, they want to show a good effort. Right, and, right, um, yeah. yeah and, and they want somebody that's social and it shows leadership qualities. I, I think that these are actual things that the people who hire people for jobs want as well. Well, it's interesting when you look at this. You can't, you can't look at the overall package as a sophomore. You just don't want to bomb it, grade point average-wise. But they're looking at an improvement. They're looking at specifically what major you're looking at. Do you have the prerequisites for that major? And ultimately, are you going to be successful in college? They kind of, the the admissions team kind of looks at things and makes that decision. Do I think this student is going to be successful at this university? If I feel they're not, I'm not going to admit them. Most universities. So really, it's just developing that overall package, showing improvement, having those letters of recommendation, having those extracurricular activities, having the whole ball wax for sure. And I will say this, never, ever ask your minister for a letter of recommendation because ministers never say anything bad about anybody. So I will say that that is not a true recommendation. What you want to do is ask teachers, ask your coach, ask uh, if you have a part-time job, ask the boss because you want to have people write about how you are as 
being a responsible individual as are you contributing as a team player? Are you trying the best you can? Are you contributing to the overall effort? So I think that's a good question, though. I mean, even if someone's just in 10th grade, they, they really do need to start thinking about what they want to do to prepare. Because let's face it, we can't wait till we're in 12th grade and say, okay, I've decided to go to college. I mean, you need to think about it ahead of time. Definitely. Absolutely. All right. Let's jump to our next question. Okay. It seems that my school, which I do not want to name, is all about sports. As a teacher, I find this way of thinking so wrong that the school is supposed to be about academics. Most teachers go along with helping student athletes to get better grades, and this person has helping in quotation marks, and I am alone in my thinking. Should I compromise my integrity and hand out good grades to student athletes? Well, I would do that if you don't. You want to keep a job because at this point, if most everyone's on board, you're in deep trouble. But it's a sad state of affairs when sports come first, then athletics second. And there are a lot of private schools that it's like that. And in uh, oh, some of the public schools, for sure, if, hey, they want the big, the big stadiums, the big thing and winning, and the athletes get fringe benefits. But I'm sorry to tell you this, it happens in college as well. You, Division two, Division three schools will admit kids that are not academically as strong as the counterparts that were admitted so that they can win. So winning will always be that. Sports will always be huge in most schools, high school or college. And you just got to deal with it. And you got to really kind of think and compromise. Am I going to give this student a hard time? And then literally, am I going to be out my out on my can next year? That's the big thing. But I think. Well, to- and I agree, I agree with you on there. I don't like how this teacher wrote helping in quotation marks. Because, I mean, when I think back to my career, I had so many fabulous student athletes who are also great students in my class. But if they have something really major going on, say, like uh, WPIL football Friday finals, you know, I didn't think I was helping them by saying, you know what, I'm going to give you two extra days to hand in your paper. That That's not helping. That's just uh, making accommodations. I would do the same thing for a child who would be out sick, as you know what I mean. Because let's face it, they're not in school. They have so many uh, pressures on their time. So I don't necessarily think it's helping. I think it's just making an accommodation. I would not just give somebody a grade, though. You know, uh, I, I don't know if that's what this person means, but I, I think it's—I think sports are a big part of high school, and you sort of have to go along. I mean, that's part of what makes school so much. Yeah, definitely, I agree with you, uh, Dee Dee, for sure uh, on that on that uh, point. All right, let's kind of and, and and the thing is that as I'm tweeting out, what do you think of schools that put sports first, not academics? Hashtag Ed Chat. We're getting a lot of retweets tonight, but no one really commenting on the Twitter sphere, which is surprising. I think I've got I got a lot of people still angry about cameras last night, uh, but I mean the sports the sports thing is just it's a ridiculous uh, situation, Didi, because I mean when they put sports first, then academics. I think it's a crazy thing. I really think it's a it's 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 nuts. It's a nutso thing, and we got to figure out ways that academics come first. But sometimes, you know, the money maker is sports, and, and in colleges, we know that's the fact. Jack. All right, let's move on. Hey, let's ask our Periscope audience watching. Um, do you want to chime in? What do you think about a school that would put sports ahead of academics? 
please feel free to send me a text. All right, next one. Neil, this next question is one that is so sad. When I read this, I really felt terrible. Our second child, age seven, has autism and often makes a scene when we are out in public. Our older child, age 12, is embarrassed by his brother. We love both of our children. Please help us. What should we say to our oldest? How should we act? Oh, it's a sad, sad question. I mean, it's sad, but you're going to have to understand that this is going to happen, that autistic children are going to act up outside the home. But in a lot of ways, what Temple Grandin says, you got to work through that uh, to the point so that you train them to be the same as any other child you have. And at times, they're going to be battling out in the community till that child knows they're not going to get away with this. So you're going to deal with the, some of the heartache. You're going to deal with some of the stress that's involved. But at one point, you're going to be able to shape your son or daughter. But if you give in and don't and you get upset and you don't really make it a teachable moment, guess what happens, Didi? It just will never end. It'll always be that way. Well, you know, these parent, this parent does not talk about the severity of the autism for the child that's age seven. We don't know if he is, uh, you know, nonverbal or exactly to what extent he is on the spectrum. I will say that I'm surprised that at age 12 that the brother isn't already accustomed to this, although you and I both know, Neil, that when kids turn to be 12 years old, they start to be really aware of what others are thinking about them, even more so than when they are than they did when they were younger. Um, Temple Grandin, of course, everyone who's listening, is the rock star of the autism world. Um, great movie about her called, I think, just Temple Grandin. And she speaks all around the country. She's a brilliant woman, and she has made so many people aware of what autism is really all about. I will say that if if I were the teacher to the parent to the to the student who's twelve, I would say, you know, it's your brother. This is how he is. You just have to deal with it. And you can help him to change. You can help to monitor his behavior. And I would say that the parents probably need to say to the to the to the twelve year old, how about helping us be part of the solution? Yes. What do you- I definitely agree. I think that that older child needs to be a leader with the younger one. Understanding what's happening, distract him when he's frustrated so that the parents can have a good time going out to eat. So I agree. And, you know, Neil, I actually had many autistic students, and I had their brothers and sisters as well. And when I think back, uh, most of the ones that I had were very protective of the younger ones who were autistic. Um, and I'm thinking years ago about a great big red-haired football player I had, and his sister, little sister, had Down syndrome, and he would meet her every day at the bus stop and walk home with her hand in hand. And he really set an example for all the kids. And I just think that maybe the parents are paying so much attention to the younger child Maybe the 12-year-old feels like he's left out. Yeah, I, th- I, think, so. I think he does. He definitely does, but it's something he has to deal with, plain and simple. Okay. Looking. I'm looking. All right. 
Neil, what would you do? Should we go on? Or... Yeah, let's definitely move on. All right. Looking, looking. Some of these are sort of similar. People have similar questions. Okay. Okay. What do you think about the way parents act in sports for small children? I have had it, and I hate to even go to my son's game. Please comment on parent behavior. Yeah, the the behavior of parents in sporting events for young kids or any uh, event is ridiculous. And it's because they've still not grown up. They see that sports is the end-all, be-all. Even if they were successful uh, academically, they have kind of are living through their, their son or daughter's childhood. And it, it's chaos. It's craziness. So I, I, I completely see it, Didi. Have you um, interviewed Sean Diddy Combs at all? I don't know if he's ever been on your Total Celebrity Show. No, I have never interviewed P. Diddy, and I know what you talk about with the uh, the cowbell or whatever he, he how he right. took care of the uh, train the strength and conditioning coach at USC or UCLA. That's right. crazy. Yeah, uh, I, I just brought that up, and it says um, that the representative for Combs called the accounts of the incident wholly inaccurate. Any actions taken by Mr. Combs were solely defensive in nature to protect himself and his son. So, I mean, to me, here's a man who's a celebrity, and he is showing his temper to a coach, and he has no right to do that. I mean, it's just wrong on so many counts. And you know how many, I didn't look how many Twitter followers Sean Diddy Combs has, but, I mean, People look at his behavior and they think whatever he does is acceptable. So I think he's setting a really bad example. We don't know the whole story of this as well, and uh, and and I and, and it's interesting. This coach got involved in that kind of altercation. This is how P Diddy decided to, to, to kind of handle the thing. So I don't know until we until we get all the facts. I, I, I really don't know because you think about uh, what could have happened to this coach years ago because uh, Combs has some uh, shady people he's 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 been around before. So just getting assaulted like that might have been a better thing for that coach than what could have happened. So when we get back, we're going to go into quarter number four. Uh, we figured out all the technical difficulties. We have our Periscope audience. We have our Twitter audience. Twitter's just retweeting stuff tonight. Uh, I have not been able to catch a cor- chord with them tonight, but who knows if that last quarter we do. Your list of told education Q&A. With uh, with Dee Dee Ritman and myself, Neil Haley, and we'll be back in just a moment. We're back to Toll Education Q and A. Tolltutor.net for more information. Twitter, Tolltutor. Neil S. Haley, Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, Tolltutor, Pinterest, Neil Haley, and Google Plus, Neil Haley. And I'm with Dee Dee Ritman as we uh, venture into quarter number four of our our, our, our letters, and it's kind of interesting. Some weeks. We really get the audience engaged. Other weeks are like, yeah, that was an okay question. Really, we want some more controversy. We want some more meat. And who knows if tonight we're going to get that especially. But let's go to our next question. All right. You know, Neil, I was just looking at our cameras in the uh, cameras in the classroom article. I hope that we will get um, published by Huffington Post because I think we made some excellent points. Right, and then we could kind of j- j- jump into this and hear your take on this as I'll go out, as I continue, I guess this chat is the longest uh, <laughs> ed chat yet, but uh, <laughs> the the cameras in the classroom is a, is a tremendous idea, 
and 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 because I just I gave six points on the on on the uh, on uh, Periscope last night, and I was really happy to know that they don't disappear. You, I could probably go ahead and replay them uh, and, and 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 record them and put them on at least a radio program because I figured out uh, that they don't they don't they're archived only for certain people, but the people who have Periscope can see it. Here's where I want to go with this one. And this is a really, uh, really uh, uh, the big point. The big point is why are teachers so afraid to be filmed? What is the reasoning? And so I'm going to continue this Ed chat as we're going almost 24 hours into this Ed chat. Your response, Didi, is I'm getting back on Twitter on this to see if I can get people going. Okay. I will also tweet that out since I am sitting right here. But, you know, Neil, I mean, I can just, I can hear my friends from that are retired now thinking that they would not want to be on camera. I can hear it now. Right. I agree. Don't teachers want classrooms? All right. So as Didi is uh, chatting, I'm tweeting out right now. uh, I think each, I think everything, I think every teacher should have a GoPro in their classroom. I think every and and Dee Dee think that's a little crazy that every one of them should wear a GoPro. Um, you know, I don't think that's the, those are the cameras that they were thinking about in the Texas situation. I think they're no. I'm going about. more extreme because I but really you think want the GoPro. yeah. The and GoPro. then you say that one technology you dealt with that had the same thing. Right. It's um, the technology I was dealing with uh, for the meeting with the people for my book was. That was actually an app that was on the iPhone, so that would not capture everything. But, you know, I like the idea of GoPro. I like seeing the things that uh, people do with it, and let's face it, it should capture all the action. Um, I did read several articles, Neil, about this before tonight's um, radio show, and there was one parent who said that her son was nonverbal. He came home with a black eye, and nobody could explain where he got the black eye. I mean, how would you feel if you were that parent? I would be heart sick and so concerned. You wouldn't. You wouldn't know whether. You would and this is what happened in Texas, correct? Um, it, it was just a general article. Oh, really? So this is nothing to do with the camera situation. Why Texas decided to put him in special ed classrooms? No, this, this was. I don't know. I don't know why. Even though I did the research, why is Texas putting this in? I mean, I don't know if that's the answer or not. None of those articles really seem to address um, exactly what I was Googling. So, but, but this woman said, you know, I would like to know what happened to my child. And I think that we talked about this earlier. When a parent sends a child off to school, they expect that child to be safe, dry, warm, yes. and happy. And those things are not all happening in the classroom. And, um, I know that you, your daughter had a problem with the teacher. Right, exactly. Bully. And I think this and, and is... The, have, right. Go ahead. We had the young man tonight with the teacher bully, and I think that that could solve all those issues. Well, I definitely think it should solve. It could solve all those issues, but then they're going to say certain things. Even the, it was very interesting. A parent last night chimed in, who is really against some of the teachers in uh, her 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 district in Can- in Connecticut, and she said that there should that she doesn't want her kids to be filmed. Jason, the public school guy, said that if we put cameras in the classroom, it will become a police state. Your response, mm-hmm. Didi. 
Well, of course, you know, there are two schools of thought. I don't think it would be a police state. I would like to think that all schools are somewhere that it's safe and good for everybody, but we know that that's not true. I think that it's becoming just the way it is with being a policeman, that teachers are having to be more and more accountable for their actions, just the way the police are. And I do think the cameras are going to end up in every single classroom because the precedent has been set. Oh, I think this is huge. Texas is huge. And by me setting this whole buzz the last two days, trust me. And if we get in the Huffington Post, then look out. Look out, Loretta, about people, uh, teachers liking me. I'm going to have a great Christmas card list of, peop- of teachers saying, we love the Total Tutor. <laughs> My millions and millions of fans... I don't think you're teachers. Now, Didi, so, I mean, that's the thing. that You wouldn't be afraid to be filmed. I wouldn't be afraid to film. I no. go back to John Thompson. Was I was sitting at Brashear High School. At a, at a, at a, it was probably, I, I've lost track of how many years ago this was. Maybe 10 or 11 years ago. And John Thompson came and said, well, we want cameras in the classroom. I have nothing to hide. Do you have anything to hide, he said? No, uh, I, I did so, not. so 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 that's what that's what that's that's, that's what that's what he said. That's what he said. And and, and guess what? Now we're getting a good old boy coming through from Texas about it. But you're there, Didi. I thought my I might have lost you. No, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, so tell me. I'm tell here. tell tell me what you have nothing to hide. Explain why you have nothing to hide. Well, you know, I have nothing to hide. I treat kids the same whether somebody's in my class observing me or somebody's not in my class observing me. Um, you know, I, I'm do my best whether it's an observation or not. I mean, that's just the kind of teacher I am. But I will tell you, Neil, that with the situation that's going on in Plum High School, and for those listeners who are not here in Pittsburgh area, two teachers have been accused of inappropriate behavior, read that as sexual relations with they're female students, and an additional teacher um, has been arrested for intimidation of a witness. And I think that if there were cameras in the classroom, perhaps somebody would have, would have been aware of those events. Yeah, I agree. And, and Jason said there's no way that you'd be able to do this, but good old boy did tweet out, our, we do have a Texas guy that's coming in on our side. Uh, one road rodeo bum and is, he's called the good old boy, that suggestion will strike fear in those sitting on their blank. Hashtag teachers. So he was watching last night when that teacher talked about teachers sitting at their desk. So there is a very, like I said, this has been divisive, and it's very interesting that Didi's taking the side of me because I have been told of uh, taking the side of parents and, and kids before the sides of teachers. And I, and I still have not gotten enough evidence to, to the contrary to back teachers. And uh, I think that's something that's a vendetta, I guess, as an educational advocate sitting in meetings as well. Didi, I, don't ha- I have a great uh, respect for some teachers, but I don't have a great respect for a lot of teachers. And, 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 and I'm sorry that that's the case, but I can't believe you're taking this side. That I guess you're saying you worked so hard as a teacher your whole life. That you right. you would open up your doors to anybody to observe you. Right. So what the heck's the difference with a camera? All it's doing is validating that you are teaching right, that you have evidence that you're teaching correctly, and that there's going to be evidence against teachers who are not teaching properly. And it could be that's a great teachable moment as well. 
Your thoughts? You know, Neil, I mean, honestly, even though I was a teacher for 37 years and and even a representative for the for the Federation of Teachers, I was really all about the students and what's best for the students. I've always let the philosophy of if I'm doing something that's good for the student, then I can't be wrong. Guide me. And it doesn't matter to me if there are, you know, if there are cameras in my classroom, so be it. Neil, I opened my classroom to so many parents who were considering having their special needs child take my class in theater that, you know, I welcomed everybody and I didn't change anything about the way I taught. What you saw was what you got, whether you were there or not. So that's just the way it was. So I'm, I would be fine with cameras. And, and why is it? Because, I mean, honestly, when I uh, got, I mean, I didn't have that opinion until I got hired at St. Agnes. Taught at Brashear, one of the doors closed. Why I had tough, difficult special education students, not experienced enough in the classroom. Went to St. Mary's. I, uh, I, I, I taught effectively, but yet I didn't have that, well, okay, I can go sit down. Okay, these kids are fine. I can do what I need to do. I can check paperwork. It's some, sometimes I can mess around. But when I went to St. Agnes, where these kids are very challenging kids, and I wanted it to be a prep school environment, like the school I taught at before, I had this goal to do that. Well, then I find out, oh, by the way, you never know who's going to show up in your room every day. You're going to have another practicum teacher observing. You might have a celebrity come in. You might have somebody who's funding money from Extra Mile Foundation come in to observe. So I took that as I'm never sitting down. I'm teaching bell to bell. And I'm expecting to teach the same way I would teach and expect that the cameras are on me at all times. So that taught me. But however... Right. And I think you need to point out to our audience... That you were not permitted to sit down while you were teaching, because no, that, we were not. We were told we're I, not allowed to sit down when we were interviewed for the job. We were told you cannot sit down in this job. So, that's a tweet. As a, I want to hear Didi's response, do you think teachers should ever sit at their desk? I'm going to tweet that out right now because that's leading to our show next week. Uh, oh yeah, that's, that's, a, that's so, a great so, so, do you think teachers should sit down in their uh, sit down? At their desk. Go ahead. What's your thought on that? At their desk. Well, we were, we when, were actually at uh, desk when uh, classroom instruction's going on. Go ahead. What's here, you? Do you? Well, this wasn't exactly the same as classroom instruction, but we were actually encouraged to do writing activities with our students in that we would give the assignment, go over the assignment, perhaps model the assignment on the board, give a few little introduction things, and then we were encouraged as teachers to sit down and write with our students. So when they were sitting and writing, I was sitting and writing. But that's not exactly the same as direct instruction. I can't say that I ever taught from my desk. I mean, it, I, I could not sit, from, sit on my chair. Sometimes, 90 seconds. Oh, sometimes I could sit at the edge of my desk. Don't worry, that's 90 um, seconds for just the, our live feed. Don't worry, I'm going to keep going. So that's the funny part. Okay. So don't you like our British oh. uh, co-host tonight? Go ahead, continue. She's very sexy, very sexy. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, oh, Arthur just retweeted a tweet that we're, we were mentioned in. Okay. But, um, you know, I mean, there were times when I sat down at the edge of 60 seconds. But not at my chair. I, I mean, that just wasn't the same as teaching. 
I always felt like I needed to stand up when I was teaching and walk around. I liked having that interaction with the kids. Plus, it makes them more aware. They don't know what you're going to do when you're walking around. You're right there with them. It just, just makes you more effective. Do you think that teachers should at times decide to do absolutely nothing and go on their computer or check scores or do March Madness while they're in the, when, when the kids are in the classroom? No, I do not. So, so how do you control that unless you put cameras in the classroom? That's the big thing. What is the appropriate job of a teacher? What should a teacher, what is, what is the, uh, what is the uh, Kelly Blue Book of what a teacher should do and how they should interact on a daily seconds. basis with kids? The, the Kelly Blue Book of teaching is you're there to instruct for your students to learn. End of story. Exactly. So if that's the case, Dee Dee, uh, then 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 the the point I'm going to make is if that's the case, then so be it. But uh, and, and why is it the teachers do this? And so, what is the proper way of of of, of professionalism in teaching? I talked about professionalism a couple weeks on this program. You can go back in the podcast at totaltutor.net/slash/toeducation network to listen. And I wonder if our Periscope audience if they've been getting into the camera thing or no. No, they haven't. We, we, no, no. We've had those few comments earlier, but we have not had any since, or else I would have read them aloud. And then you never know so, how many people are going to show up once you check and see who was out there. No, but, but no. for the people who are watching, how about some hearts, please? Oh, yes. Yeah, so continue. So she continued to go up the ladder social media-wise against me uh, with those hearts <laughs> using my platform to do it. But I'm just kidding. No, but no, really, right. the cameras, that's, see, I'm shocked, Dee, you're taking this role. I guarantee if you went with your retired teacher buddies and you talked about this topic, they'd be angry at you that you're taking oh, this side. Oh, I know side. that. But, but not all of them. The ones who were fabulous teachers would say, who cares if there's a camera in the classroom? Okay, here's a great tweet coming, and that's la- I laugh at this one. Uh, Diver down forty eight said, uh, "As long as they keep teaching, why not?" Okay, I'm looking at your. Isn't that hilarious? That's crazy. Yes, it that's is. really, and that comes from old school Tom, and I don't see if he's a teacher or not a teacher. Uh, old school Tom's a little too old school to think that teachers sit at desks. So that's the that that'll be the topic of the Total Education Hour next week. So, Dee, where's the best place you can find information on you? Learn more about you. Purchase your book and learn more, where can we go? Please look at my book. It's at www.dderitman.com, and it has been a pleasure as always. All right, well, that's fantastic, Dee. Good talking to you, and uh, we'll talk again tomorrow. So, or we'll talk next week with uh, Q and A, and you'll have to let me know how Periscope goes. Take care, guys. All right. All right, that was Dee Dee Ritman, and what a really good show. Tulture.net for more information. Have a good day. We'll talk tomorrow for more great education talk. Take care, guys.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.